Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, February 13th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And here are today's headlines. The U.S. just shot down another unidentified object over Lake Huron, making it the fourth one shot down in North America in less than two weeks. The government hasn't released much additional information, but here's what we know about these airborne objects so far. According to Senator Chuck Schumer, the first three all resembled balloons. In fact, the government has confirmed the first object shot out of the sky over the coast of South Carolina was a balloon. Since that incident, U.S. officials have tied the balloon to China. Last week, two more balloon-like objects were shot down over Alaska and Canada, but with some key differences. They were much smaller than the first, and U.S. officials haven't tied them to a foreign country. While there's still many unknowns about these unidentified objects, U.S. defense officials say they'll be keeping a closer eye on national airspace. A terrorism trial in New York could result in the Empire State's first death penalty in nearly 60 years. Today, U.S. prosecutors are expected to ask a jury to sentence Saifulo Saiprov to death. Last month, he was convicted for his deadly rampage on Halloween in 2017. Saipov drove a rental truck onto a bike path along the West Side Highway, leaving eight people dead. He's facing 28 counts for crimes ranging from murder to supporting a foreign terrorist organization. According to legal experts, Saipov can't be sentenced to anything less than life in prison. So if his jury decides against the death penalty, he will still receive a life sentence. Remote work is costing Manhattan at least $12.4 billion. That's according to a Bloomberg report published yesterday using data from Stanford University. Because New Yorkers don't spend as much time in the office, they are spending less per year on meals, shopping, and entertainment. While other places are seeing similar trends, New York City is losing more money than any city in the country. Since last year, New York City Mayor Eric Adams has prioritized getting his residents back to in-person work. Adams hopes this will fill the multi-billion dollar gap and push the city's economy to fully recover. For the past few months, New York City has been phasing in newly licensed legal dispensaries for New Yorkers. WFUV's Emma Murphy has more on the city's newest store. Today, New York State opened its third adult-use retail cannabis dispensary on East 13th Street in Manhattan. These stores promise to provide safe, tested, legal marijuana to New Yorkers. Trevette Knowles works with the New York State Office of Cannabis Management. He says that another goal for these shops is to reinvest in communities that have seen mass incarceration related to marijuana. For the New Yorkers who are awarded licensees, they'll be the first New Yorker to create a legal industry, which tax revenue specifically for cannabis will go back into communities, will go back into education, will go back into programs such as um, job training programs. The new store, Union Square Travel Agency, will be opened by the Doe Fund, a nonprofit organization which works to relieve poverty and bring equality to communities. The next 100 to 200 licenses will be awarded to nonprofits or individuals who have been incarcerated due to cannabis related offenses. With WFUV News, I'm Emma Murphy. You might know the bean as a Chicago landmark. But New York City recently unveiled its own version of the iconic sculpture, and it's designed by the same artist. Located at the corner of Church and Leonard Streets, this new sculpture will be a permanent installation in Tribeca. It's located in one of New York's main gallery districts, and it'll promote the neighborhood and give art lovers plenty of photo opportunities. Rihanna might have only hit the Super Bowl stage last night, 
but some are saying her performance has already cemented its place in history. In her first concert performance since the 2018 Grammys, Rihanna led off the show by descending from the air on a floating platform. The Barbados native packed 12 songs into a 13-minute show, pulling from her vault of hits like Where Have You Been, Rude Boy, Wild Thoughts, and We Found Love. Her performance also lit up social media, but not just because of her vocals and choreography. That's right, David. Fans took notice of the singer's visible baby bump and began speculating about her possible pregnancy. And Rihanna's reps later confirmed that she is indeed pregnant with her second child, making her performance all the more historic. On this day in music history, Adele won all six categories she was nominated for at the 2012 Grammy Awards. The sweep included Song of the Year, Best Pop Solo Performance, Best Pop Vocal Album, Album of the Year, Record of the Year, and Best Short Form Music Video for Rolling in the Deep. Quite the list. And 11 years later, she's still racking up awards. Just two weeks ago, she took home the trophy for Best Pop Solo Performance at the 2023 Grammys. Well, we've already talked about Rihanna's historic halftime show, but the game on the field certainly lived up to its own expectations. And WFUV's Taylor Massetta is here now to give you the lowdown on this season's final NFL game. Patrick Mahomes didn't let a sprained ankle stop him from leading the Kansas City Chiefs to yet another Lombardi Trophy. The Chiefs came out on top over the Philadelphia Eagles, winning on a last-minute field goal, 38-35. to The Eagles were already ahead by 10 points going into halftime, but the Chiefs played a picture-perfect second half to close the deficit. The game was all tied up with less than a minute to go, but a crucial holding call on Eagles defenseman James Bradbury got the Chiefs into field goal territory. And the rest is history. Mahomes secured his second Super Bowl MVP honor, but Donna Kelsey probably had the best time at the Super Bowl. Both of her sons, Jason and Travis, were on the field playing against each other. With WFUV Sports, I'm Taylor Massetta. Thanks, Taylor. Every Monday, we bring you the FUV Sports Spotlight, where we feature stories from WFUV Sports. This week, WFUV's Julia Moss and Taylor Massetta talk to NBA and WNBA commentator Ryan Rucco about how to better celebrate women's sports. Being someone who talks about sports a lot, having a friend like Taylor who's on the track team has changed my perspective on a lot of things. And you're obviously very close friends with Megan Rapino and Sue Bird. I was wondering what that friendship has done to impact your broadcasting and your overall view on women's sports. Well, that's a really good question. I think it's done a lot. Megan and Sue are two of the smartest people I have ever met in my life. Been a lot of things that I have witnessed with Megan and talked about Megan and with Sue, where I'm like, huh, I mean, I didn't know that. I, I never thought of things that way. You know, you know, one of the things that Sue talks about a lot, there was this idea about like, oh, you know, follow the WNBA or, you know, watch women's college basketball because like, hey, like support women. And like, you know, it is good to support women, but let's not paint it like it's charity. Like watch it because the product's awesome. You know, like that's why like like watch it because you're going to be thoroughly entertained watch it because it's just fantastic and once you 
do give it a chance, you are going to be like, oh, wait, this is great. Why have I not been watching this? Um, and, you know, Sue was the one who kind of helped like to articulate that idea of like, hey, we're not a charity. Like, let's not paint it as like, we need your support. Like, but it's like, no, this is awesome. Like, put it some places where people will see it. Like, let's encourage people to see it. And once they see it, you know, good things will happen. Yeah. So just to kind of like jump off of that, what do you think is the key to expanding coverage of women's sports or like, what do you want to see like change in the industry? So this coverage like gets higher. I think that the more resources are put into the look and feel of a show being big, the more the audience believes it is on the women's college side. Um, Pat Lowry, who's been our leader at that project for a really long time, she uh, does an unbelievable job of making sure, you know, throughout the entire regular season, we have an amazing studio presence, which again, makes it feel big. Fighting for and getting college game days now on the women's side of things, which we just had last week with UConn, Tennessee. But like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. Like this is, you know, very, uh, very big. And I think that kind of thing helps, you know, the storytelling is always key because it just adds a layer of investment. And, uh, and I think we have the best storyteller uh, in sports television in Holly Rowe. So when she tells those stories, I think it helps people connect. I tuned into the UConn Tennessee game last week. So I was so excited when I heard like college game day was going to be there. Yeah. I like am very invested in that UConn Tennessee rivalry. And it's like, it's just it's not something I want to miss out on, you know? I, I totally agree. And I think like, Putting it on that sort of platform, reaffirming to or, or just enlightening the audience to say, like, this is a big deal. Check this out. Like, we are pouring resources into this because we believe this is a big deal. And another another side thing, Taylor is from Connecticut and I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. So that game was not fun for me because UConn. Um, it was great I, for me. I was I was yeah. living. It was awesome. Oh, it, is that's what it, is. Awesome. it is what it is. That was WFUV's Julia Moss and Taylor Massetta talking to Ryan Rucco on All In about the importance of supporting women's sports. All In is a weekly podcast on WFUV Sports that exclusively covers all things and women's sports. And before we go, we'd like to wish all our public radio lovers a happy World Radio Day. The theme for this year's annual celebration is Radio and Peace. It's a nod to the continuous role radio plays in giving us the trusted information we need in an era of conflicts, nationalism, and distrust. And that's our show for today. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm David Escobar. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.